Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. So welcome in, everybody. It is the gut reaction episode of the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I have one question for you. Yeah. How about them Broncos? <laughs> How about them Broncos, Chad? You know, it's funny. I have so much to say and so much we're going to get into, but I wrote for my roundtable. I said, picking the Broncos to win is like touching a hot stove after you've been burned. And you know what? Right now, after that dreadful showing today, I need skin grafts. It's third degree burns right now. I need all the Neosporin in the world because the Broncos have burned me for the last time now. They are pretenders. What we saw last week was simply a mirage, Chad. It was the exception, not the rule. They went right back to being the same old Broncos. They no-showed in a game today they had to have from the coaching staff to the quarterback, almost every single player. What we saw last week weren't the true Broncos. What we saw today was closer to what the true Broncos are. They are shams. They are disgraceful when they play that way. And, you know, Broncos country booing toward the end of the game. When you have an apathetic Teddy Bridgewater making business decisions not to tackle a player on a fumble recovery, missing a wide-open Tim Patrick in the end zone, those boos are warranted. Those boos are deserved. There is no shred of optimism to take from this game when you have the Chargers uh, last check, they were losing. The Raiders and the Chiefs play each other tonight. They could have made up serious ground in the AFC West going into a bye week to heal up and to get stronger and to further their mo- momentum coming off a game against the Cowboys that they dominated. But that was an outlier for the Cowboys. That wasn't, you know, that that was a fluke game for them. But it was also a fluke for Denver, Chad. That was the last we'll see of them like that in the Vic Fangio era. And I advise Broncos country to brace themselves for more results like what we saw today. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it was uh, a tad disappointing. Appreciate you up there, Tom. He said, from heroes to zeros, Teddy's not good enough. Gordon, not good enough. Belly and Cooper promising, though. Thanks, guys. Agreed. Rello Takeover. Appreciate you being with us, bro. Says, hopes and dreams going down. Dallin Joseph. I feel you. Uh, appreciate you, Dallin. He says, they are who we thought they were. Shake my head. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yes, indeed. You know, when Teddy Bridgewater gets up to a microphone and speaks, I always love listening to this cat because he always has wise observations and insights. But Zach, a wise man does not a NFL quarterback right. make, Thank right? You. Like Socrates probably would have been a crappy quarterback. So it's one thing to get up there and, you know, spiel platitudes that make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. And I think that is a part of, you know, it's a desired trait in a franchise quarterback. But then you have to match that with play on the field that is commensurate to what you say at the podium. And look, today I I talked to my uh, – the thing I said to my son, he's like, Dad, what the heck is going on? We just saw this team truck the Cowboys. What's happening? And I said, well, son, here's the reality. Teddy Bridgewater is a average to below average quarterback unless you have a really rolling – prolific ground game if you take that away from teddy man he gets exposed really quick you can win with teddy uh looks like zach's having some camera issues just bear with us you can win with teddy game as we've seen teddy is a quarterback that you can go into games and you can win on the road and you can do things but literally everything has to be working correctly um yeah, we're gonna let Zach reset. He must. He's having been having some weird camera issues with his device. But uh, let's catch up on some supers in the meantime while we get Zach back in the room. Patriot text, appreciate you, brother. He says last week was the illusion. Today was the reality. Fangio's game plan sucked for the defense. Fangio will never get it done in Denver. Fire Fangio. Well, that's the way this. Uh, that's the way this ship is trending, right? And uh, you know, there's a little hope people were wondering after winning two in a row whether or not he was going to be able to kind of stop Zach we're talking about whether Fangio you know is he going to be fired there was some hope that he might be able to turn the ship around but as Zach said this was the more true reflection of who these Broncos are utter disarray poor communication sloppy discipline mental miscues coaching snafus I mean it runs the gamut of if you look up, if there was such a thing, NFL coaching incompetency, definition right there for you. Oh, now we don't have his mic. We can't hear you, buddy. If you go go to the go to the pre room and test your stuff, and then come back. You know what's ironic, oh, Chad? Now what, we got you. Now we got what you. I what I just said there was the football gods don't want to hear what I have to say, but I'm going to say it anyway about the Broncos. To your point about Teddy, and I'll be brief because we have to catch up. Uh, I pre I apologize for the uh, the technical issues. 
I don't want a quarterback that's going to go up there and serve me platitudes and say good things up there. I don't want a quarterback, I'll say it, it might be petty, that sits at home with no television, doesn't go on social media, you know, reads the newspapers, lives in the 1970s. That's all well and good when you're winning and when you're 3-0 and and when you have those fluff pieces come out. But when the, you know, ball's on the table time, Chad, what does it do for Teddy Bridgewater? Nothing. What does it do for the Broncos? Nothing. He is showing himself to be a journeyman quarterback. And I'll say this too. If Drew Locke would have given no effort on that fumble run back, if Drew Locke were to be airmailing passes and firing off hospital balls, the criticism would be a lot worse. Yet Teddy Bridgewater goes unscathed most games, but it's getting to a point now where he's playing so bad, it's not even keeping the Broncos competitive. He is showing to be what he is. And when you pair that with someone like Vic Fangio, who, by the way, repeatedly played for the field goal, you literally play not to lose and you're going to lose. And that's why the kick got blocked. It changed the whole dynamic of the game. When you pair those things together, those two elements, someone like Teddy Bridgewater and someone like Vic Fangio, and to that extent as well, Pat Shermer, it's not a recipe for success in the modern-day NFL. And the Broncos are learning the hard way, Chad. You are not going to win. You're more often going to lose handily. Then down three scores in the fourth quarter with seven minutes, you punt on fourth down. I get it. You're deep in your own territory, but what? Chris, love you, buddy. Appreciate the always uh, sending a message, symbolic super chat on the gut reactions. Uninspired again. So frustrating. And we feel you, dude. Thank you, brother. You know, we love you. Smith Corona, by the way, we didn't get a chance to, to address as he says. That Gordon fumble sucked, but Teddy's inability to throw past the sticks and unwillingness to make a touchdown-saving tackle is just pathetic and infuriating. Brightside, I think we've got a long-term right guard, no doubt. Quinn Miners is the truth. My name's Rufus. That's the Trufus. But, Zach, people are pissed off. Broncos fans are justified to be just utterly disgusted by seeing Teddy make that business decision in what turned out to be the game-changing play. If he gets in there and just at least tries, you might be able to tackle Darius Slay, who obviously missed his calling as a running back in the league. Like Maybe he became a corner because he couldn't catch Zach, but some coach back in Pop Warner in high school, like decade and a half ago, missed the boat. This dude should be toting the rock. Clado, uh, <laughs> Clado Tornado changed his handle. Good to see you, buddy. Says, I'm at a breaking point with this team. I have sat for years waiting for something to change for a spark, but never gotten it. Teams never gotten it. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Hey, it sucks right now. We're not going to try and sugarcoat this for you. All right, but this too shall pass. Well, first of all, why was Melvin Gordon in the game getting the ball in that situation? Why not give it to the sure-handed tackle-breaking Javante Williams and not Melvin Gordon, who has a history of fumbles? And I even tweeted a couple weeks ago, or last week, I said two hands, Melvin, because he was holding the ball like a loaf of bread. These things are identifiable on film, but when you have a head coach that admittedly doesn't watch the offense, Chad, with his own eyes, this is what you get. And Teddy Bridgewater is going to receive most of the criticism for that fumble run back, as he should, for not even getting in there and trying to make a tackle. You know, Baker Mayfield separated a shoulder trying to make a tackle on the same kind of play. But there's no reason Darius Slay should have even run that ball back as far as he did. He got around like six or seven Broncos defenders, and it seemed like they quit on the play. As soon as something bad happens to them, when they get punched in the mouth, they have no response. They are a soft, weak team, and the scoreboard reflected it today. By the way, Jeremy, thank you for the stars, buddy. Appreciate you being in the room with us. And real quick, I'm just going to flash this so everyone can see. Guys, we are only uh, 20% away from hitting our goal for the month. 
and we're tomorrow's the middle of the month, exactly the middle. And like we promised, if we hit this goal of 200,000 stars on Facebook uh, at the halfway point, we will reset and do another goal in the month of November to where we could be raffling off multiple jerseys to our Facebook community. So let's try and get there. We got today, we got tomorrow. And uh, if we get time later, the chat's really hot right now. We can show rankings, but right now we got to get back to what is on people's minds here in the chat. Um, yeah, uh, the pretenders are back. You know, that was the theme of the Mile High Insiders podcast last night. Hey, is this a contender? Or is this a pretender? Zach, I think we got our answer on that with gusto today. Now, that doesn't mean that this team can't go out on any given Sunday and, and you know, scrape together a win. But this is not a team that's going to go win something. I mean, especially, Zach, when you have continue to have key players going down with injury. I mean, losing Baron Browning that early in the game was a dagger. I mean, the Eagles, let's see, uh, Howard rushed for 83 yards, Scott for 81, Hurts for 53. I mean, you miss that guy. And look, Zach's, Zach's having some problems. We'll get him back. Um, look, you knew you were already down to your what, Zach? That was your third, fourth, fourth starting linebacker, Baron Browning. And he had been playing as good, arguably anyway, almost as good as the two guys that you started the season with for at least for the last two or three games. So to lose Baron Browning like that so early, obviously is a big reason why the Eagles were able to run roughshod over the Broncos on the ground. Drew, good to see you, bro. Mount Rushmore superstar saying, did I see Teddy jump out of the way on that fumble return? I would have benched him immediately. Yeah, but see, Vic's not going to do that. Vic has hitched his star for better or for worse. And obviously it, it's for worse at least sitting here right now, it's for worse, to Teddy Bridgewater. It would take, you know, some some monumental uh, snafu, a, a losing streak of four games. Oh, wait, no, that happened. They didn't bench Teddy. Teddy ain't getting benched, gang. As long as Vic's holding down the fort as the head coach of this team, Zach, Teddy's not going anywhere. In terms of pretenders versus contenders, I think the Broncos told us that against Baltimore, then against Pittsburgh, then against uh, Las Vegas, excuse me, then against Cleveland, then they barely eked past the uh, Washington football team. What happened was the Broncos got high on themselves after that 3-0 start. Then they hit a, you know, a, a, a valley, and then they got high on themselves again after that Dallas win. But that was a fluke, and this was the one thing they had to avoid was reading their own press clippings. But when, again... There's one thing to lose a game, but when you allow Jordan freaking Howard and Boston Scott, not even the Eagles' best running backs, to run for 213 yards when you've had a week to prepare for the Eagles' running game. And, by the way, raise your hand if you would take Jalen Hurts easily over Teddy Bridgewater. Because I would. Yes, indeed. Uh, Andrew Lampy, good to see you, bro. Thank you for your contributions, as always. He says, so the defensive genius got 30 Hung on his defense at home by the Eagles. And then Randy up in Alaska hammers at home. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Hashtag fire Vic. Guys, you know, here's the thing is we want to be, uh, and we are. This is the gut reaction. This is the moment. This is the forum. This is the platform to, to work out the hormones, be emotional, just let it flow. But behind closed doors, as disappointed as, say, George Payton might be, his view is going to be similar to the same type of platitudes that you got from him when they traded Von Miller a couple weeks ago, which is, hey, we're, you know, we're at five and five entering the bye, you know, gearing up for the stretch run, Zach. We're still right in the thick of things because mathematically they are. 
But from a spiritual perspective, you could see that today something is lacking. Donald Netanyahu, thank you for the super chat. He says, sorry, but the Broncos played well enough to win before Teddy quit on this team. They can never look to Teddy again. I'm telling you, Zach, this is a turning of the tide in terms of those fans that were, let's not say uh, even Teddy supporters. I mean, if he's the quarterback, I support him. You know, that kind of Broncos fan that's just like, hey, that's my quarterback. To the people who were like cautiously kind of just, I don't know, ambivalent, agnostic on the question of who should be starting. Those people are all now in the camp of this dude doesn't deserve to start. That was absolutely um, unacceptable. And you were a lock guy, and you can say that. You know, like, I'm supporting whoever the Broncos quarterback is. It wasn't the guy that I thought should be quarterbacking the Broncos, but I'll try to get behind him. But when you have – and boy, is he steady, isn't he, Chad? He's sure steady, Teddy. You know, he's really balling out for the Broncos. But this is the thing. Now that they've tried out Pat Shermer, they've tried out Mike Shula, two different coordinators, Chad, two different play-calling styles, but the same offensive results and disasters, and miscues, and difficulties. There's one common denominator, that's the quarterback, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. The other common denominator is Vic Fangio. This is the offense that Fangio wants. Check it down on literally every pass. Don't go beyond 10 yards. Settle for field goals and let my defense win the game. It's an awful, awful recipe, and those that bought in initially are starting to see it's a fluke. Here we have Josh, and thank you for the stars, bro. Josh jumping in. Uh, thank you, buddy. He says, I'm done. I'm done with hearing about Shula. I mean, Shermer Jr. Done with Vic. Done with McMahon. Done with the horrible, uh, with horrible Teddy. I'm done with them all. I mean, guys, it's not so much. It's kind of like when I uh, train people on, you know, on staff here at MHH, whether they're podcast hosts or if they're writers and how to kind of comport yourself on social media. It's not always what you say it's how you say things and the same applies to the execution of a football game if you win it's not always you know, i mean the most important thing is did you win did you lose don't get me wrong but in situations like today this wasn't just one of those hard fought you know grinded out battles that they just came up short in the in the clutch this was a complete how they won was a complete and utter slop fest i mean that one series zach i forget exactly where in the game because there was just so much chaos happening for the Denver Broncos but that one drive Zach where how many penalties did they have inside the 30 yard line when they're trying to punch it in I mean just ridiculous I mean even look at Teddy you want to talk about sloppy it's garbage time he's rolling out he's got Tim Patrick breaking open uh in the basically in the middle of the end zone he sells it five yards over his head five yards over his head guys if this was Drew Locke if you saw Drew Locke do today what Teddy did from the way he played to the the fumble and not going after the guy, there would be dudes out for blood. And I'm going to be curious to see, because obviously it feels like the chat is out for blood relative to Teddy, but I'm curious to see from other people, uh, colleagues in the media in and around Denver, what kind of tonality people are going to have covering this situation after seeing that performance. And then Naj jumps in, Zach, and I'll serve it back to you. He says, bros, it's particularly disheartening how poorly they play at home. Again, not necessarily that you lose. That sucks. How did you lose? 
you know, you're saying what kind of loss was this? This was a Vic Fangio-led loss. This is the same thing we've seen in all two recent years with Vic Fangio at the controls. And you can blame quarterbacking, but the coaching always comes up short. The fact that Fangio went right back to doing this, no matter the situation, folding his arms, having no energy, Chad, not pumping his fist, not getting the team riled up, that falls on him. That falls on the preparation. Uh, you know, he was dealt, a, I guess, a decently tough hand with the loss of Pat Shermer, but they come out flat, uninspired, and... The Eagles played like the Broncos played against the Cowboys last week. And to your point about the penalties, Chad, whenever they have one, when one thing goes wrong, when they hit one pothole, all the wheels fall off. I mean, that's not a properly well-coached team. And now we see led by a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, who is given up. I mean, he's literally doing this. He's been concussed. He's dealt with lower body injuries. They're losing now. He's getting criticism. I think this is not what I signed up for. I'm going to go back to being a backup quarterback. We did not even know get into Tom McMahon as one of the last questions uh, put that there. Another week, another special teams blunder. I wonder how compromising the photos are of Vic Fangio <laughs> that Tom McMahon has. I truly wonder that. Big Earn, it's good to see you, buddy. He says they don't deserve their names on their uniforms. People are pissed off, man. People are very much disgusted on the topic of, and thanks for being with us on Twitch, uh, Maradonita. Uh, one play action today. I didn't chart the game. So I can't save if that maybe that's true. Um, but I'll tell you from an overall perspective, Teddy did not push the ball. Uh, he struggles to throw beyond the sticks. Even that very lackluster color commentary guy. I don't know who was that tonight today, Zach, who was calling, who was the color guy uh, for CBS? That dude was putting me to sleep, but either way, it doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. Um, Let's grab Larry real quick. Appreciate you, Larry. Man, that was horrible. I thought we really were going to come and play. Whole coaching staff needs to go, and Teddy needs to be benched. Uh, but that color guy, real quick, Zach, as he opined, look, they threw it. Uh, it deep. was Greg Gumble. Was it Greg Gumble? Yeah. That was the that was the uh, that was the play by play. Who's the oh, you color mean, guy? Oh, Adam Marchaletta, I think. Yeah, I didn't. I, he was anyway. As they opined, they. Late in the game, garbage time, throws it deep down the sideline, draws a penalty to Cortland Sutton. And they said, look, that's something needs to happen a couple, two, three times a game, no matter what, just so the defense gets put on its heels a little bit. Little things like that that unfortunately speak to kind of, again, a lack of presence of mind, a lack of I know what I'm doing here type of competency. They don't have any competency, Chad, and they showed that by throwing short. It wasn't even of the sticks. It was they cut the field in quarters for themselves. If it's third and eight, they check it down for two yards. If it's third and 20, they check it down for two yards. It's the same kind of play calling with the same kind of quarterbacking. I'm with you. I didn't really notice or track the play action, but I did notice that Teddy Bridgewater was in shotgun on almost every dropback. Would have been nice to see him under center with the threat of the running game, but that's asking too much of this coaching staff and of this quarterback, apparently. It just was another lackluster showing by Teddy. I think you made a good observation a few weeks ago. He hasn't been right since that brain injury, that concussion, but his play has fallen off a cliff. And if you watch the games, take the blinders off, take the garbage time stats away, and look at his passes... It's a far cry from 3-0. And even during those times, there were flaws to be had in Teddy's game. He is showing why the Carolina Panthers, of all teams, replaced him with Sam Darnold. Think about that. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm just pulling something up real quick here. Uh, Spencer, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for the stars as well, Jeremy. And then we got here an extremely generous super chat from Coach Chris. Thank you, bro. You know that means a lot to us. Helps keep the lights on. That's the truth. Thank you very much, buddy. Another one, two, back-to-back. -back. Wow, thank you, Coach Chris. 
He says, I'm tired of this yo-yo team. This loss was horrible. Teddy should be benched for that effort or lack thereof. Coaching, horrible on both sides. We get a sack down by 10, and you'd think we were in the Super Bowl. Look at the scoreboard, dummy. Yeah. Chris, I'd be curious what you coach. Just out of curiosity, what what do you coach? Let us know in the chat. But uh, there's nothing about anything you said there I disagree with. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be in for an uncomfortable meeting in team. When they go through the film on this together, that play, it's going to be hard to live that one down, Zach. I, he should go through the un, the most uncomfortable film sessions because he deserves it. And again, if he was another quarterback, if he wore number three, uh, it would be 10 times worse. But Chris, uh, thank you so much for your generosity. I actually tweeted the same exact thing. They made a third down run stop on the Eagles, down 14 with seven minutes left, soon to be 17 points, and they were celebrating like they won a playoff game. Uh-huh. I, I, it wasn't a good look for Denver. It seemed very hollow, and honestly, without reading too much into it, because you know Vic Fangio doesn't go for that, it struck me as the players kind of defying the coaching staff finally in the midst of a blowout loss at home with the booze raining down. It's like you see the cracks and the separation now between the coaching staff and the players. That's how I'm seeing it. We've got some serious flexing on Facebook. Jeremy Crane, Morgan Henry, Shane Daniels, Randy Jones, Tim Hoffman, Joel Juarez, Robbie Nuns. Nunzi, good to see you, buddy. Joe Spath, Travis Weber, Andrew Lampy, and and more. I mean, it's going it's going off. Mike Reno, Miguel, Elliot Sean, Jeffrey Hilger, Alan Malama, and Wyatt Horning. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. Uh, Swag Nation jumping in. He says, I'm not watching another game until Drew's put in. Tired of that of Teddy toilet water. Shake my head. What a joke. Ain't no way you keep playing this dude. You know, here's the problem. Vic Fangio doesn't see it that way. Vic Fangio doesn't see it that way. And even George Payton, the week that, you know, he made himself available and did a little presser after the Vaughn trade, you know, when he was asked, hey, at what point? Now, remember, when that happened, it was coming off an ugly win over Washington. It was a win, but it was an ugly one, which was preceded by four straight losses. So the question to George Payton of, hey, at what point, or is there a point that you might consider making a quarterback change? He emphatically said, hey, Teddy's our quarterback, period, end of story. So it's going to take a mountainous plummet in order to see a true change or an injury. And I don't, knock on wood, I don't wish injury on anybody. Travis Weber, good to see you, bro. They followed Shermer's script and still bombed, no matter who's calling the plays. But what's the common denominator here, Zach? Teddy Bridgewater. Broncos fans will probably not like it or accept it. This is a Jekyll and Hyde team, and until we get some stability with an owner and a coaching staff that knows what they're doing, it's going to be the same product no matter who's on the field. Yeah? I mean, I don't know about... Maybe maybe I sleep too much on how important having an owner is. I mean, I focus more on the people that are actually affecting the product on the field, and that's the GM, that's the coaching staff, and the players themselves. Uh, Dennis Woods, what's good, bro? Oh, that's weird. I just get enough feedback. Where's that coming from? Weird. <laughs> Not me. Um, okay, I'll, I'll figure out how to fix that here in a second. Dennis Wood says, no reason not to try lock now. It can't get worse. You know, let me throw this at you real quick, Zach. If you were going to make a change, like if you had been mulling it over at any point during this season, like maybe during the four-game losing streak, you're not going to get a better chance than now to actually make that change because you got the bye. 
what I was going to say to the previous thing about Teddy was Vic Fangio is going to take this quarterback decision to his football grave, if not his actual grave. He will never admit when he's wrong about anything, about plays, about games, about coaching, staff, assistance. The last thing he'll admit that he was wrong about was Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. But he's seeing that it wasn't the payoff like he envisioned, and he took a playoff-caliber roster and made it into a middling 500 club that that gets blown out at home by a three-win Eagles team, now four-win Eagles team. I, you know, entering week 10, Chad, I'm prepared for a lot of things. I did not have Vic Fangio gets outcoached by Nick Sirianni on my bingo card. I didn't think it would happen today. I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. That's the sad thing. Jacoy, newer name, so welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. We'll keep the conversation going outside of these streams, and we like to tag our superstars, keep in touch after each and every stream. Thank you. I'm sure this team, says Jacoy, will find some way to disappoint me next Sunday, even with it being a bye. Yeah, (laughs) that's just how people are feeling right now. Uh, Hez Buster, what's good? He says, I hope Locke is back and healthy next week, So, uh, just so I can be disappointed when he doesn't start. After the preseason Locke had, he could be so good in this offense. But see, here's the thing. I think if at any point Vic Fangio was pondering, hmm, maybe I need a change. I need a spark. You know, that performance in the second half against Baltimore where Locke did not play well in relief of Teddy when he got concussed, but at the same time received absolutely zero help from his supporting cast, Vic thinks about it and then he recalls that game and he goes, nah, I'm going to stay the course. Because what Vic remembers is that stunning victory over Dallas. What Vic remembers is, you know, figuring out a way to beat Washington and the 3-0 and start. He's, he doesn't want to think about the Drew Locke thing because he truly believes this is a guy who errs on the side of the higher uh, floor than that of the higher ceiling. And I'm, I'm with you. Like, after that preseason that he had where he did show some steps, the one game that he started, right, that's what everyone was making the most um, – you know, that's what the coaches and everyone around the team that we we're hearing from bona fide insiders, it comes down to how they perform in their respective starts. Locke played like a baller. Teddy played very well too, but not that explosive chunk, you know, like, whoa, what did I just see? This sit up in your seat type thing. But again, Vic Fangio has a very conservative mindset. He's He's got a very... You know, he's a guy that that is, if you say, what are you governed by, hope of gain or fear of loss? As you saw, you talked about Zach playing not to lose. He's a guy governed by fear of loss more so than hope of gain. But if you want to contend with the big boys in this league, you got to be someone unafraid of playing for hope of gain. Swing for the fences. You know, the thing about Locke, there's a theory out there that, and it's obvious that Vic Fangio, I mean, he can't even hide it. He's definitely soured on Drew, both as a player, it seems as a person as well, with his birthday comment where he literally did not care that he had a birthday and and Teddy Bridgewater did. But there's a theory that the incident last year that led to the Broncos having no quarterbacks against the Saints, the whole CV incident that Locke was a part of, there, you know, if Fangio turned on him for that, I think any chance of him seeing time this year was him ending right back up on that list. And I think there's a non-zero part of Vic Fangio that literally directly blames Drew Locke for Pat Shermer being out for today's game. I, I truly think that. I think he detests him that much, at least as a football player. So you're not going to see, I'll hold firm to this going forward. And like what Chad said, unless Teddy gets injured, and I'm not hoping that happens, even though he's been injured multiple times already this year, 
you're not going to see Drew Locke. You'd sooner see Brett Rippon or the new quarterback, Etling, before you'd see Drew Locke. Plum Bob says, and thank you, he says, I love these Broncos, but they make it very hard sometimes. It's a, it's what you call a uh, abusive relationship that fans have right now. Like That's how they feel with the Broncos. Uh, Bronco Broad, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Uh, Vic's disdain for Locke is biting him in the ass. I'm so over Teddy two yards. That's a good one. I like that one. That's my favorite riff off of Teddy two gloves so far. Teddy two yards. At least Locke would make it interesting. Here we have the Duchess. Top rope as she is wont to do. Love you, Michaela. Good to see you. She says, frustrating when we need five yards. Teddy throws short. Can't take any more of Teddy and Fangio. But MHH for life. Hey, whatever happens, Zach, we're going to get through it together. If this team continues to torpedo its 2021 season, hey, we're going to be here to see who gets hired to replace Vic. We're going to be here to see what the quarterback solution is for next year. Like, I hate to even be talking about this as a subject sitting here in the middle of November, but this too shall pass. It's it's a never-ending thing, living and covering and rooting for the Denver Broncos there's always going to be something to keep us coming back for more. That's that's why we're the nerds that are on this show talking into a microphone about an ugly, brutal, disgusting loss by the Broncos and why you're in here with us. We're all cut from the same cloth. Now, you mentioned the relationship with the Broncos. I think it's beyond abusive now. It's a Stockholm Syndrome situation, Chad, with the Broncos. We're held <laughs> captive, yet we can't get away. We love it. We love the pain of the yep. weekly Broncos performance. But, Michaela, thank you so much. You are seriously amazing every single day. We can't thank you enough. I know it seems like a lot right now, but if you want to look at it one way, the draft is around the corner and every Broncos loss, I'm not rooting for that to happen, but if you want to look at it that way, every Broncos loss is actually, maybe you can spin it as a positive thing for the future, but regardless, there's still some season left. Let's just see what happens, but we can only focus on today's game and today's game was a crap show. I don't blame them for getting booed. I feel bad for Broncos country. You guys deserve so much better. Adam Neptune, what's going on, Adam? He says, every time this team gives us something to be optimistic about, they give a double dose of crap. Teddy loses the team's respect. If he is not benched, the coaches will lose the team soon, if not already. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty egregious. It was pretty egregious, Zach. And if we wouldn't get uh, in trouble with the social media bots out there, I would play the clip. So, Everyone could hammer home just how egregious that uh, particular play was for Teddy. Now, look, some people are arguing, Zach, the flip side to you saying, well, Baker Mayfield injured, got injured trying to make a tackle today, right? And they're saying, so that's why Teddy was smart not to do that. No, dude, it's the game of football. Are you a football player? Do you lay it out on the line for your team when the chips are down or not? Teddy showed today that he, he told you what the answer is. And he says the right things and, Look, it's probably just a, a momentary lapse, but I think it actually speaks to more of a meta um, takeaway on really Teddy's place with this team. You know, first of all, again, he's not the only one that did not tackle Darius Slay on his way to the end zone. There were multiple chances, uh, but I have to agree with what Vic Lombardi tweeted. He, he brought up the same point. He said, play football. You're, you're in a game. It's a do-or-die situation. Get in there. He literally matadored his way out of Slay's, you know, uh, uh, path there. And you can't do that. You're the quarterback. And if we're even talking about this, if you even think Teddy Bridgewater quit on that play, then 
then Vic Fangio already lost the team. If you lost Teddy Bridgewater, you have lost the rest of the locker room. He is the only glue holding Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon together. He was the guy that George Payton sought and traded for, gave Vic Fangio with his job on the line, coaching for his future in Denver, and he's letting him down right now. So if you think Teddy Bridgewater has checked out, that means his teammates checked out probably long ago. Don't worry, Spencer. We'll grab you one second. Donald Netanyahu bringing us some breaking news. Because remember, guys, when we do these gut reactions immediately after the game, the one thing that uh, we forsake, that we miss out on, is being in the room um, when Vic's talking, knowing exactly the takeaways, what the new, the storylines, the news, etc. So <clears throat> appreciate the assist here, Donald. He says, Vic was just asked about Teddy quitting. He said he didn't see it. But he's sure Teddy would have tried to tackle the runner if he could. Of course he didn't see it. They're playing offense. <laughs> this guy's <clears throat> the worst, man. Golly, golly. Uh, willful, willful blindness. I mean, it's like a Walter White type of fugue state where you're pretending not to be there, right? Uh, Spencer, what's going on? Appreciate you. Thanks for your patience, buddy. Obviously, a quarterback and an O-line are in need on in the draft, but we need some serious playmakers in the front seven. Injuries have hit hard, but still, go Broncos. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if, the, if this team could just figure out a way to get out of the crosshairs of the injury bug, man, who knows what would be possible. But, again, today – you're now your guy with the with the green dot on his helmet calling the plays defensively or you know your defensive signal caller baron browning goes down early within the first two series he's done for the day that was just you know that's just the way this season has gone and yeah the broncos need edge help vaughn's gone you can't count on bradley chubb uh malik reed He's a solid effort guy. Jonathan Cooper might be able to be something for you, but there's just not something you can count on. You're in a between a rock and a tough and a hard spot, Zach, because on one hand, you, your top priority, if you truly, and it seems that they truly believe this, have moved off the notion or possibility that Drew Locke could be your future, Teddy's showing you he sure as hell ain't it, then your top priority as soon as you make that coaching hire is quarterback, period, end of story, but you also need edge rusher. Talk to guys like Eric Trickle. Talk to guys like Nick Kendall, our draft experts here at MHH. This is a very deep edge class. So this is a team, Zach, depending on if they have to trade picks to move up or if they trade picks to get an Aaron Rodgers or something like that, this is a class where the Broncos could get a formidable edge guy in round two. I can't get over Vic Fangio now lying up on the podium, Chad. By the time Teddy Bridgewater quit on that play, it was like 10 seconds into the making. So you're going to tell me in a, in a huge game-changing play like that, Vic Fangio's not watching by that point, at least for Teddy Bridgewater yes. to whiff on the tackle? Dude, let's get let's put a call out, guys. Go get a screen grab if you have this thing recorded or you got the highlights, and give us a screen grab. If you can see Vic Fangio, I'm going to give you his, his, his position. This is what he does while the play. Right, It's like a linebacker. He's got his legs kicked out he's got his hands on his knees he's watching like this if you see Vic in the frame of that shot where Teddy just makes the business decision send it to MHH let's meme that bad boy make sure we can we can make it plain to everyone Vic he knew what he saw Zach I mean either he's lying or he's telling the truth and that's just as bad because it means you weren't watching what else <laughs> were you doing why aren't you watching what's happening Oh, I man. can't stand this guy. I really I feel, can't. I feel like we're taking crazy pills here. Coach Chris again. Thank I'd you, rather. bro. 
I'm buying this super chat for Zach to really speak his mind. We are who we thought they were. Unreal. He's he's spitting some uh, Denny Green wisdom here, Zach. It's true. I mean, you know, there's an old adage, you are what your record says you are. Well, the Broncos are nothing more than a 500 team. And you can argue they're lucky to be that. They opened up against an extremely soft spate of games in those three opponents, and they've gone downhill pretty much since then. And everyone got gassed up off that Dallas win when at least Chad and I were on here warning you right after Listen, they have to prove themselves still. This was one week. This was a really bad game for the Cowboys, the worst game in the playoff season. Broncos played well, but let's see them duplicate that before we crown them. They didn't do that. They went right back to being the Broncos that lost to an interim special teams coordinator named Rich Bisaccia. Then the next week lost to a quarterback named Case Keenum. This is who Vic Fangio is with the Broncos. This is These are his teams, and nothing is going to change. Nothing. Can't count on it. You can't count on anything Vic is doing as a head coach except the instability, up and down, hot one game, cold the next. Like that's the only thing, you know, you, you can predict is the is the unpredictable. And that's the problem here, Zach, is you know, look, coaches stand up there. Coach Chris probably knows this if he really is a coach, that one of the things that you try and just grind into people's heads when you're coaching them is consistency is key. And when you as a coach cannot provide a consistent product on the field and you're in your third year as the head coach, again, I ask myself, what in the Sam Hill was the logic? You make the big PR move for John Elway to step down as GM. Someone's got to pay, right? Five years of not making the playoffs after hoisting the Lombardi. Someone's got to finally pay. All right, cool. John steps down. You hire a new GM. But what was the logic of keeping Vic, who won, let's see, seven games as a first-year head coach, four of which came in the final five thanks to Drew Locke and the way the team responded to Drew? Imagine that. Year two. What they win last Five and 11, if I'm not mistaken, right? Weren't they five and 11 last year? Pretty sure. Or was it six and 10? Either I way. It was six and 10. Either way. All right. 13 wins out of 32. What logic, what frame of mind possessed Joe Ellis and John Elway to, hey, George, thanks for taking this interview. By the way, if you accept the job, you know, we're going to ask that you retain Vic Fangio. Why? Morgan, how can we bottle up Zeke and friends, but let Scott and Howard look like Pro Bowl running backs in our own house? I'm saying. I mean, part of that is because you caught Zeke and friends again at their worst point of the entire season. They rebounded in a big way today, trouncing Atlanta. But the Broncos tend to have this um, proclivity to playing down to their competition. You know, take away the three games they played to open the year. When they play a team like the Case Keenum-led Browns, they lose that game. When they play a team like the Raiders without John Gruden and all that going on, they lose that game. When they play the Eagles team with a first-year head coach who's drawing a lot of criticism on his own, a a rocky second-year quarterback, and an Eagles offense, Chad, that was without their best running back, but you allow their backups to go off for 213 yards. That's who Vic Fangio is, and that's who they'll always be under Vic Fangio. You know what the irony is? Last week, and then we're going to grab Troy here, last week only one MHH staffer picked the right winner, and that was Kenneth Booker. Picked the Broncos, not in the fashion that they did. That was his qualifier, but he did pick the Broncos. This week, only one MHH staffer picked the Eagles, Scott Kennedy. 
Scott Kennedy. You were right. Shout out to Scott. Troy, what's good, brother? That was a rough one. Peace and love from Philly, man. M-H-H-U-N. I was hoping you'd get bragging rights, dog. I, you know, We were talking about this. We were yeah, really yeah. hoping you were going to get bragging rights, but they crapped the bed. Patrick D., well, they are who we thought they were. Robbie Nunzi, good to see you, Robbie. Thank you for the stars. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. The entire staff needs to go. We are so far away from what Pat Bowen would tolerate. We need some military-grade binoculars. It's a damn joke. We need to go all out for a young offensive mind, hell, any offensive mind, and rebuild our Broncos culture. Well said, Robbie. Well said, my friend. And, yes, you you got to believe. And this is what, you know, Pat Bowen would not be <laughs> accepting this, right? Um, that's the thing that I probably sleep on is, you know, Pat Bowen, he had a champion's heart, and we saw that come out in the wash many, many times. But any owner, when there's a boss – you know, when the buck stops at the very top and this belongs to me, like at the end of the day, this is my company. This is my organization. I own this thing. People have accountability. They look over their shoulder. It informs, Zach, their effort, their execution, their work ethic, the whole nine yards. And that is what you're missing. Not to say that there aren't people who make decisions in in the organization at the 10,000 foot level, like Joe Ellis and, you know, John Elway and all that. But guys, it's like, the fact that they, there's no one that could fire those guys, and they're not owners, I think, is really part of what is, is symptomatic here. Uh, Scotty J, thank you, buddy. What is it about Fangio's defense against mobile quarterbacks? I just think they can't execute those game plans. Like, it's the edges. And, again, you lost your one of your starting linebackers for most of the games at. Well, I mean, the point about the owner, even if they had an owner, he wouldn't be on the field missing tackles, missing open receivers, fumbling the ball. I don't subscribe to that too much. You know, if they had better coaching, they would have won this game like every other situation. It would have been nice for the Broncos to have their ownership situation resolved, but I don't think it would have led to too many victories directly. If you subscribe to that, then why aren't the Cowboys worse with Jerry Jones then? If he's such as meddling, bothersome owner, you know, they blew out the Falcons today. Against mobile quarterbacks, I don't know what Vic Fangio's problem is. It seems like he takes these quarterbacks for granted. I don't understand, by the way, the criticism that Jalen Hurts gets. I thought he's actually a pretty solid quarterback, and he demonstrated that today. Um, it's Vic Fangio, another letdown performance, didn't have him up for the game, didn't have a good game plan. That's asymptomatic of the recent Broncos. By the way, Christian, appreciate you, bro. You said, like I said, at my TV all day, unfreaking real. Eric Ortegon, good to see you, brother. He says, I'm so sick of trying to make um, – <laughs> I'm not going to say that one, buddy, but we get what you're saying. This BS with uh, the you can't coach what Teddy does, only Locke has been held accountable. I just got it. Pathetic. Yeah, bro. Funny joke, but uh, – that that's not something I could say on a uh, live stream podcast to thousands and thousands of people. Zach, Chad, you can't make a journeyman quarterback into a franchise quarterback. You can't make yep. an aging Joe Flacco into an in his prime Joe Flacco. It's the same kind of analogy there, and it's true. And the Broncos, the sooner they learn that and they start to build up their own young quarterback, the better off they'll be for the future. Leon says, "Thank you, Leon. Every pass from Teddy is six yards and under." It's a wonder we even have a running game. Defenses can stack the box with eight or nine men and still be okay. Yeah, again, guys, this is the price you pay when you air and hedge on the side of the 
floor instead of ceiling. 727 Mills says, get Teddy out of there right now. Want to see Locke after the bye week. You know, who knows? Maybe Vic Fangio will completely stun us and make a quarterback change because, you know, it was just it's just that bad. Even last week in Dallas, Zach Teddy played pretty buttoned up efficient ball, but he had a prolific rushing attack. You take that away, and I get it, guys. You you know, the the devil's advocate to what I'm my argument here is Chad, pick the quarterback. You take the running game away, of course they're not going to be as good. No kidding. But for Teddy in particular, when those things are taken from him, he is not of the caliber where he can rise above, right? He can't put a team on his back and carry. And maybe Drew can't either, all right? Maybe he can't. But let's think back to Vic Fangio's signature wins. Let's start with year one. Going into Houston and decimating the eventual AFC South champions. Who was the tip of the spear in that game? It wasn't the rushing attack. Heck, it wasn't even the defense. It was Drew Locke, who became the first quarterback ever to go on the road in his first career start and throw for 300-plus yards and three tutties. All right, second signature win. What would it be, Zach? What was what, what? I mean, we can talk about the Dallas game. It is a signature win, but is there one in between maybe last year, the comeback against the Chargers? Drew Carolina. Locke. Carolina, Houston. Drew Locke, 284 touchdowns. You see the theme I'm going through here? He's shown that despite his flaws and despite his you know uh, young quarterback still growing, he has the upside to put a team on his back. He just hasn't been able to show that he can do that consistently. We don't see that from Teddy. Faded Wolf. Still would rather see Locke out there. I'm tired of seeing the same three to five yard passes. It's horrible. No worries about a splash play. No explosiveness. In fact, their biggest play today, Zach, was a short little underthrow that Albert O squoze through two guys and took it for 60 plus yards. That's how Teddy makes his money. Well, let me just say that having Teddy Bridgewater in the lineup gives Vic Fangio plausible deniability. If you switch to Drew Locke, it's going to further cast light on the decision he made in the first place. But if you stick it out there with Teddy Bridgewater, he can sit back and say, listen, uh, I'm giving him all the opportunity. I'm sticking by him. And whatever Teddy does, he's digging the grave on his own. That's the type of coach and type of person that Vic Fangio has shown himself to be. And I'll say it again. He'll take this decision to his football grave. The last thing he'll do is admit he was wrong and put Drew Locke in there. Uh, I'm going to grab Westside Philly and then one here from Michael Ronquillo before the chat, um, before I have to move on from him here. Uh, Westside Philly. Appreciate you, bro. Third and 20, 21 yard line, five yard check down. Teddy, two yards. Michael, good to see you, bro. I'm going to flash you and then put you off because it's so many words. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, MHH, gut reaction. Coaching staff was back to its old self with bad coaching and players giving up on plays and not showing what they did against the Cowboys. Then they come back home to the Mile High Stadium, play like trash against the Eagles. Change, uh, changes need to come now and start over. Start over at quarterback. If you can make a change with a realistic chance of it working somewhat, make it. You can make a change at quarterback. This is, the, this is the downside, Zach, to what we were saying at the time when they made the, the call to go with Teddy is you can always turn to Teddy. This is a key moment. Like, let's say they had gone with Drew Locke to open, right, the season, and this is just replaced Teddy's performance this season with Drew. This is a moment where it's like, hey, Drew, you know, we gave it the old college try in year three. We're going to the backup. You know, you did your best, but we're moving on. You can do that and get by. But with Drew, 
it's much harder to do it the other way around for multiple reasons. And you don't know what it cost you uh, in terms of what it did to him between the years. Joe Spath, how do you go three and out during garbage time? Down three scores in the fourth. It is the easiest time to pick up yards. And yeah, and then you punt. I mean, look, I get it. You're down three scores, Zach. Seven minutes left. Fourth down. You're definitely inside your own 30. But what are you? what's the logic behind punting it there when are you trying to win the game? Because there's no way possible if you punt the ball there with three scores separating the gap here, there's no way possible. Like you just completely gave up on what small chance you had to maybe bridge the gap. But it's so surprising too, because situational coaching has always been Fangio's strong suit, you know? So it's, it's the fact that he's letting us down there is truly surprising. If you want change though, among the coaching staff, this is a really interesting comment, Chad, because we haven't seen the, the pressers yet. We haven't seen the quotes after the game. And apparently what James is saying here, I don't know what Draymond Jones said, but did he talk about Vic Fangio's game plan? Did he mention the Baltimore game? The cracks in those in that level of veneer among the Broncos and the players, that's what I was talking about earlier, the coaches and the players. When they celebrate a meaningless third down stop and they react that way, when Teddy Bridgewater gives up on a game-changing play, that's a signal that there's not a connection between the Broncos coaching staff and their players. And I think this loss is going to widen that, especially if Draymond Jones outwardly and publicly criticized that. Same guy, by the way, who asked about the quarterback competition earlier this offseason. Bro, here's what he said per Cliss. Draymond Jones on trouble stopping the run. Quote, combination of us not executing and coaching. <laughs> hey, coaches like Fangio, they love throwing players under the bus. Now it's time the player throws, you know, the coaching game plan under the bus. I, I First of all, thank you, Draymond, for saying what we're all thinking, and maybe that'll get some change going. It'll force George Payton's arm a little more. And it's surprising because what I was going to say, Draymond's the same guy who's asked about the quarterback competition over the summer, I believe it was. And he goes, I don't give a bleep. Yeah, right. So for him to come out and be that on the nose about the, the problems plaguing the Broncos, it just goes to show you that he's the mouthpiece for the locker room. What he's saying is what the rest of his teammates are thinking and feeling. Yeah, uh, he's done. Fangio, he's wow. done. When, when it's coming out in the wash like that, Chris, thank you, brother. He says, love you guys, but please stop saying this too shall pass. It's been six years and it isn't passing. I know when when you're in the middle of it, dude, it feels like it's never going to end. All right. But if you don't have, if you don't harbor somewhere, Chris, the hope or expectation, even if it's a small seed, that things will change, that things will get better, then you're not leaving room to actually see that change come. So does it suck right now? Yeah, bro. It does. And when you're in it, it hurts, man. And it's disgusting and you hate the way it feels, but it will pass. Does that make what happened today acceptable? In no way, shape, or form. Kayaka. Like, like a six-year kidney stone. Let me just say that. You know what's funny? There's a little uh, inside baseball for you right before we went live tonight. Zach, what did you say to me? About? About optimism. <laughs> yeah. Something to the effect of, hey, Chad, dude, just word of advice. You know, villagers are going to be out for blood. I'd maybe, you know, pump the brakes yeah. on optimism tonight. I, just, just looking out for you guys. Kayaka, love you, bro. He says, no love, atrocious defensive scheme. Or no heart, sorry. No heart, atrocious defensive scheme, poor tackling. Yeah, dude. And then you have Draymond Jones literally pointing to the coaching. Yo, dude, like, guys, that is a headline. 
Uh, Zach, that's something, in fact, we need to write up as soon oh, yeah. as this freaking podcast is done. Mike Reno, appreciate the stars, brother. He says, I'm beyond words with the coaching staff and Teddy holding the ball too long. Not hating, but changes need to be made if we expect to win. Exactly. At what point do you say, no, no, we're going to continue staying the course. We're not making any changes. This isn't working. Like You have to eventually tweak things if you have any hope of getting a season that you got 10 games under your belt now on track. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that these comments being made now publicly by one of his prized defensive players, this could be the beginning of the end of Vic Fangio. And it might not be right now or over the bye week, but it's shaping up like a virtual certainty, a guarantee he will be fired on Black Monday. And uh, at this point, it's well-deserved. It, it is a headline, Chad, but it's also something that has to be said because you felt it brewing right underneath the surface for multiple weeks now. We've we've talked about it before, the Broncos quitting. I think they quit against Cleveland. That was a clear give-up moment, but nothing was really said. He was able to keep it under the lid, and especially so after the Dallas game. But now the lid is is boiling over, tensions are rising, and the bad blood is seeping out. What's crazy is Vic Fangio earlier this week on the subject of Jalen Hurts completely genuflected and kissed the ring and said, I think Philly's got their guy. And then you don't call a defense that respects the threat he poses. I mean, I don't know. Dennis Wood says, don't tell me we're still in it at five and five. No chance. I feel you, brother. Wyatt, thank you for the stars. Did we get this one, by the way? What is it from Scott and Scotty J? What is it about Fangio's D and mobile quarterbacks? Yeah, I don't know, man. Not having the player, especially an inside linebacker, for multiple years. And like you mentioned, Baron Browning going down, Chad, I think that was a big blow. He's been playing really solid football as of late. Uh, here we have Tim Hoffman saying the Eagles came and played desperate with their record. Broncos defense couldn't get the team off the field. All they did was run. I'm glad we got a bye week to regroup for the next game. You need to do more than regroup, Tim. At this stage, it's it's a dark night of the soul tonight. Like, it's mighty change of heart time uh, because there was just – this is too much. And it would be one thing, Zach, if this was the only game this year in which you saw that kind of ugly slop fest, eyes cast to the dirt, no heart type of performance. But it's a pattern. It's a weird pattern, but it's a pattern that has been established – uh, this season. Yep. Yep. All right. That was me. Let me, let me scroll down here. Oh, wow. Owen, geez, that's a flex. My friend. Wow. He says, uh, been listening to you guys for a while, but the first time watching live about the Broncos, they say they couldn't open up the playbook with lock, but what about Teddy not being able to pass beyond the sticks? Touche. Owen, thank you so much, dude. That's a first time super, uh, super chat from a budding superstar. Welcome. Stick around, Owen. Appreciate it. Hey, maybe you got a schedule where you can't make it in the live shows, but it's not hard to plan for it. Just FYI, we're live seven days a week, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much, buddy. Connect with us on Twitter. Thank you so much, Owen. And, you know, it's not it's past a joke now. Either they don't want Teddy to throw beyond 10 yards or he's physically incapable of throwing beyond 10, 20 yards or so, Chad. I've never seen an offense in all my years watching football take less chances down the field than the 2021 Denver Broncos. It's pathetic. All right, listen up. We're at 56 minutes. We got fish to fry as far as getting some news up on the game. So I'm going to rapid fire some supers. Okay, we might not be able to flash everybody. Uh, but we're going to make sure we get to everybody, starting with Bryce Mindset. Appreciate you, brother. Great to see you. He says, a true leader does not put himself 
before the team. Well said. Zyka Bowden says, and good to see you, Zyka. What is exactly, or pardon, this is exactly why a virtual tie should always go to the homegrown player. That is what you get from a mediocre quarterback that doesn't even care. Ed Keating, well said, dude. The tie should go to the guy that you invested in. The tie should go to the guy that you have sacrificed for. Word. Ed Keating, good to see you, brother. He says, Vic and Teddy have no heart. I'm done. No more wins coming, in my opinion. Time for Locke. Jeremy Black Knight 232, Zach says, well, the Broncos disappointed me tonight, but at least the Razorbacks won the boot last night, so it balances us out. Good for you, brother. Glad you got something to hang your hat on. Uh, Jess says, this team makes me so mad. And then here's one, Zach, a question for you from Manny Wise. Good to see you, Manny. Been with us a long time. He says, do you guys think the players have had enough of this coaching staff, Zach? I mean, I just saw the tweet. I just commented on the tweet from Mike Kliss. Kliss ended the tweet by saying, wow. When Mike Kliss is even intimating that, that in itself is something to bear in mind. So I, I think the, the players are beyond annoyed. They're beyond frustrated. When you have Teddy O'Laying and Matadoring out of the way from a game-changing fumble, and he didn't give any effort, when the quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater quits on a play, what does that say about the, the rest of the team? It means they are checked out on Vic Fangio. And honestly, how could you blame them? The damage control, Zach, has begun on what Draymond said. Uh, real quick, so this is from Cliss, all right? Um, so in the team meeting, aftermath immediately following the game, here's Cliss. quote, I was just told that what Draymond said, combination of us not, not executing and coaching, I was just told this is what Fangio told the team in the post-game meeting. Problem was lack of execution and coaching. So it would suggest Draymond was repeating what Fangio told him and the team rather than finger pointing. Do you buy this in any way, shape, or form, Zach? Hashtag damage control. Yeah, I think it's Cliss being Cliss, and he's kind of making me eat my own words there a little bit. But um, he Draymond might have been parroting, parroting what he heard in the locker room. But even so, that's inside the locker room talk. I mean, you're admitting that the coaches and the players failed at home in a, in a pretty crucial scenario. I think that is damage control. He's walking that back a little bit, but the damage has been done, and everything lives lives forever on social media. And honestly, we didn't need Draymond Jones to say what he said. We all knew that. Some of us have been saying that for quite a while now, but if you want Fangio gone, you want players like Draymond speaking out and letting those inside secrets out. It's a plausible way to control the damage, all right? Because people can go, yeah, if that's what you just heard. And, you know, the other aspect to it, Zach, is Draymond has never been a guy that really thinks very much at the podium in terms of, like, he's he said some pretty just dumb, cringy stuff at times. But I'm telling you right now, even if that's what Vic Fangio said, for, for Draymond Jones to stand up there at the podium, it's, it's a Freudian slip of some sort that speaks to a larger macro issue. And I think Cliss being the one to immediately jump on and try walking it back tells you something, gang. He got told straight up because it's damage control. And Eddie, by the way, love you, bro. Eddie says, uh, came to see the game from Austin. By the way, got your message earlier, bro. Sorry when the games are going, dude. We are so slammed. Uh, Sorry I couldn't reply. But glad to hear that you made it. He said, same results as watching it at home. Ugh. Phoenix Kukini says, and thank you, going to be hard to want to watch or care the rest of the season without change. Zero fire. Play lock from here on out and see what you've got. 
this crap show ain't working. And then uh, Coach Chris with another super chat, Zach, Thank saying, you. as a coach, you never want the fans to dictate how you coach. But come on, man. You have the NFL leading running back in terms of getting the tough yards, and you have Gordon run the ball, a touchdown called back, no discipline. On that subject, guys, I don't want to hear that uh, Javante Williams leads the league in the most stuffs. All right, the running back, meaning that he's the running back who gets stuffed, has the most stuffs, uh, where the defense stuffs him for no gain or a loss. What I want to draw your attention to is the other statistic in which he leads the NFL, which is the most forced tackles, most tackles, yeah, most missed tackles forced, pardon, in the NFL. That's what you hang your hat on is the fact that, hey, this is a guy that makes dudes miss more than any back in the league. Give him the rock. Uh, Zach, here's Sam, and it's a question. What if I told you there was never a Broncos QB competition? Yo, I just got I just got red pilled. <laughs> I feel I like more. I, I feel like uh, I'm Neo, and that and yeah. Sam J is is Morpheus. I see the meme uh, flashing in front of my eyes right now. In terms of Javante, though, it, it, he's gonna he has to make yards on his own when you have the offensive line with Dalton Reisner surrendering pressure like he breathes when you have Cameron Fleming starting at right tackle and Calvin Anderson at left tackle, Chad. I feel bad for Javante. I wish he had better blocking up front. Who knows what he would, can do? Who knows what he can do if he's given the rock on fourth and one in a do-or-die scenario? I, back on the quarterback competition, this is a months-old topic now, but I, I'm, I'm tending to agree. There was never a true competition. Every time Vic Fangio said even Steven, he was absolutely lying through his teeth, Chad. And he, what his actions and his words about Drew Locke since then have proven that. He made a impulsive, emotional move to go with Teddy Bridgewater instead of looking at the facts and the long-term outlook of the franchise because he doesn't care about that. It doesn't affect him. He only cares about this season and Vic Fangio. That's all. It was a self-serving move. Zyka, what's good, bro? Again, thank you. Number two for tonight. He says, Fangio is a manipulative egomaniac and has destroyed what the last few years was invested to be because of it, just to lie to, a, uh, just to, lie to us all and offer excuses. Yes, indeed, bro. Najee again. Thank you, buddy. To me, this was Teddy's worst game. He absolutely gave up on that tackle, and it was particularly disappointing because they were still within one score. That was the game changer. That was the pivot point, the turning point. Fangio credits himself in wins, but takes no responsibility in losses. Well said, brother. Well said. That speaks to the, you know, lack of accountability. He just the blames God other King. coaches for player safety while exhibiting none of his own. He's also a hypocrite on top of being a bad coach. Mark, good to see you, brother. The God King weighing in to say, what's up, my guys? We suck. That's it. Good night. <laughs> Appreciate it, Mark. Keep your chin up, big dog. Westside Philly says, Philly fans will bring this up for years into the future. Trust me. I know. Yeah. They I, should. It was a Who can blame them? The Broncos uh, fans are going to bring up the Cowboys win or the Cow yep. you know, beating the Cowboys. Why wouldn't the Eagles? They deserve that because their team played a lot better than the Broncos. David Wilder says, the evidence is there. Fangio and the rest of the staff need to be fired. Zach and Chad are making a great closing argument as to why Fangio and company need to be fired. Hey man, we just we just uh, report. You know, it is what it is. Do you have eyes to see, Coach Chris? Zach with another one. We got to rapid fire because we got to go. Thank you, Chris. With our running backs, you have to spread the defense to get them really going. Three and four yard dump passes just gets the defense to play shallow and stack the box. Teddy can't. Let's see. Can't, can't Teddy tackle can't waters. tackle waters. Come on, man. That's a good one. I like it. I like it. Robbie Nunzi says. 
did, uh, did get Zach's view on ownership, but if we had Bolin, I don't think we would have Fangio this year. Problem solved. Guarantee you wouldn't. I could promise you, you would not. Well, you know, the thing about making the case, we don't have to make the case for the same reason Chad said. Vic Fangio is making his own case, and Teddy Bridgewater is making his own case. We're just furthering along the facts and giving them to you, and if whatever conclusion you come to is on your own. But most of us now, at this point, Chad, even the pro-Fangio, pro-Teddy people are starting to get on board. Uh, Base Gay says, it looks like Draymond uh, called out the coaching staff after he was asked about the run defense. See Zach Stevens tweet. Yeah, locker room is lost. We feel you on that, big dog. We really do. Um, and we just touched on that. Hopefully you, you saw that. Um, all right, let's see. Based gaze. Uh, Rello Takeover says, go on Broncos Twitter. Go on Broncos Twitter to see the live reaction, MHH. Yeah. Um, it, the problem is when we're streaming and we have thousands of people listening and then thousands of people that are going to be listening after the fact as podcasts uploaded, we don't really have time to split our – um, you know, what what we're trying to listen to what they say and then also carry a conversation because we can't necessarily, well, I guess we could start showing this stuff. Hey, Scott, we could start actually live streaming some of these things because that's not protected. Brian Van Voorst, I have seen kickers and punters give more effort than Teddy on that fumble return. And then to come back the next drive, miss a wide open touchdown by 20. I'm surprised he could throw it that far. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Howie says, this team has no freaking heart when the freaking chips are down. Teddy looked like freaking Cam in Super Bowl 50. How do you guys feel about the heart of this freaking team? Are they done or just done with this freaking coaching staff, Zach? How did we freaking get here, Chad? That's what I'm asking myself. We're talking about a quarterback that can't throw beyond 10 yards and we're laughing about it. Really, how did we get here? Is 2015 or February of 2016 that far off from now? Um, I don't know, Howie. I wish I had an answer for you. Um, I I do think there's no heart of the team. They're an unbeating heart at this point, and they've died, I think, long ago. They are deceased for the season. Uh, Just a reminder, the friendly plug, if you want your coaching, coaching, coaching shirt, (laughs) huddleuppod.com right now. Yes, indeed. Corey H., appreciate you, bro. He says, I am a benefit-of-the-doubt kind of person, but the Teddy not tackling was beyond me. A fumble you can't have and a non-tackle on the same play, absolutely horrible. Yes, it was. Um, Josh, again, thank you, Josh. If the Raiders, Lions, Browns, Jets, etc., can deal with the rough times over the years, so can we. It truly will pass. Broncos for life. Appreciate you guys. Hey, it's not about optimism, threads of optimism to explain away what we're seeing. It's just realizing that change is going to come. And when that change comes, all we can hope is that it'll be positive. Dave, what's up, brother? Glad I had to work. Ugh, I just can't. And with that, guys, we got to dip on out of here. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us, Zach. If you want to do the rundown, I'll just grab how we finished on Facebook and give everyone their props. You know what the messed up thing is, Chad? We can't use work as an excuse because we were working while watching the Broncos yeah. and we were still subjected to it's like, that. But- it's like having your eyelids surgically removed. <laughs> like I was watching Hellboy last night with my kids and they're the bad guy in the first one. He, he was like addicted to surgery or something and, and, you know, had his eyelids removed. That's what it's like. As I'm watching, you know, 7-0 Kansas City coming up over Vegas. But that was the Huddle Up podcast. This was the gut reaction pod after the Broncos lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, which probably, I think at this point, kind of puts a major dent in their playoff hopes. But if follow us, you'll buy it right now, Robbie. We appreciate you. HuddleUpPod.com, coaching, coaching, coaching shirt. I think it's never been more appropriate than it is right now. But go to Twitter, follow us at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news. We're going to have a fresh batch 
of dispatches coming your way in the in the hours following this loss at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a coaching, coaching, coaching shirt. Get yourself a football pre-shirt. Get yourself anything that you see fit all right there at huddleuppod.com. Go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Hit that big blue button. We had a great episode of KK, Kelberman's Corner earlier today. We have Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone each and every week. Five bucks a month. I promise you guys it's worth it. We appreciate you. Also, facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But... Please, if anything, do these three things to take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It helps us grow and reach more Broncos. Sad, depressed Broncos fans just like you. Well said. All right, guys. Shout out to these Facebook supporters. Appreciate each and every one of you. Jeremy Crane, Robbie Nunns, Randy Jones up in Alaska, Morgan Henry, Tim Hoffman, Mike Reno, Joel Juarez, Travis Weber, Joe Spath, Randy Ankar, Miguel Santisteban, Santisteban, I think I got close there, Santisteban, Elliot Sean, Wyatt Horning, Howie Frickin' Day, David Wilder, love the, love the profile pick, big dog, Thomas Murray, Isaac Dabaja, George Fox, Alan Malama, Jay Helms, and that's it on Facebook. Love you guys. Keep your chin up. We'll see. We'll be waiting on bated breath to see if the Broncos – have the uh, intestinal fortitude to make the necessary changes during the buy. Time will tell. Let's just not get our hopes up, but we'll we'll wait and see, Zach. We got we got a dip though. While you keep your chins up, if you do dabble, have yourselves a cold adult beverage. You guys have earned it after witnessing that horrible performance today. We'll be back tomorrow night for the aftermath episode of the Huddle Up Pod. Take care and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.